This is the 4th and 3 Podcast with your host, Nick Stegger! Welcome back, everybody. This is another edition of the 4th and 3 Podcast. Join with me, as always, one of my co-hosts. Across from me, I have Andrelfio. Divisional round ready. And we have no jaw red today. He is in the middle of doing some moving, so he's a little busy right now, which is totally acceptable. Uh, but that being said, we do have a nice show coming up. It's a little bit depressing if you're a Vikings fan, um, but whatever. That's the nature of the game. We're used to this by now, year by year. Heartbreaks repaired break again uh so that being said let's just jump straight into that viking game because that's what i'm gonna be talking about today uh, that's the mood that's the mood let's get into it so vikings uh lose a home game uh 31 24 to the giants it was pretty so many things went wrong with that game number one the defense couldn't stop a nosebleed i think they maybe had like three or four stops all game that's not what you want from a defense right you want them to give up three or four scores per game. Right. Not being touchdowns, right? So it was pretty much the exact opposite there. Uh, I believe the Vikings received the ball first, immediately marched down, scored a touchdown. Giants answer, score a touchdown. And then uh, the Vikings on their second drive, they're doing this. It's like third or second and one, right? They run, run cook. It's nine yards, second and one. Then they do this trick play where they hand the ball off to Justin Jefferson on a jet sweep. And then he runs to the right side, turns around and then throws it backwards to Kirk Cousins on the opposite side of the field. However, the Giants were playing zone coverage, so there were two defenders over there, and it ended up being a loss of five or six yards. When really you should have just ran the ball up the middle. Pretty much. Uh, and then uh, they, I don't remember what happened the following play, but the, it, nothing happened, and they punted, right? So no, now, that, that was third down. Uh, yeah, you're that, right. That, that was, was third, third down. down. That yeah. was third down. Yep, so you lose five, six yards, and they punt over to... You're right, because the following drive yep. was a second. Well, oh, I'm so heated about this still. So be heated, honestly. You have every right to so be. So they punt over to the Giants. Giants quickly score again. They go up 14-7. Uh, so that being said, I'm I'm, I, I'm fuming on the couch, right? I'm fuming on the couch. Um, so anywho, the Vikings down 14-7. They're driving, and uh, they come to a second and like seven, second and six, something like that. Uh, so first off, that first drive was stalled by O'Connell. Be smarter, dude. Just get the one yard. You have Dalvin Cook. We have a pretty good run game. Just get the yard, right? Stop getting cute, especially that early in the game. Flash forward back to this drive I was just talking about. So now it's second and whatever, seven, and we drop a nice play call. Here comes Irv Smith, wide open, hits him right in the hands. And what does Irv Smith do? Drop. Drop the ball. And I was just heated after that because now it's third and seven and they don't convert the third down on the following play right so now you have to punt the ball again giants take it down they kick a field goal all of a sudden you go from scoring on your opening drive in a home game going up seven zero with all the energy and now it's like playing madden you're down 17 7 they have all the momentum on their side of the field you're just frustrated you're trying your best to get back into it so it's a it's a uphill battle from there on they end up um what was the halftime sc- score? Seventeen to ten. Seventeen ten. Correct. Yep. So the Vikings get another field goal on that. Enter the half. Enter. Uh, enter halftime. Come out in the third quarter. Giants end up going up, uh, twenty one or twenty four. Right. Twenty four. Yep. Twenty four. Vikings actually come back. They actually come back. Irv Smith catches a touchdown. Do. They get a field goal. Um, someone else had a touchdown as well. I can't remember who scored the KJ Osborne. KJ Osborne had a yep, touchdown right over the middle. So there it goes. All of a sudden, it's a tie game. Twenty four. Twenty four. 
there we go. What we've been watching all year, Vikings come back. But what does the defense do? Well, they give up another touchdown, right? And it's late, so there's probably seven minutes left in the game. Vikings stall in their first attempt and uh, first drive, punt the ball away. You're like, please just get a stop. Give them one more chance. The defense came through that time. They actually that did time. stop them. You yeah. know, after it's 31-24, they finally come and get a stop. And then, uh, gosh, it's just such a typical Minnesota Vikings end. So they're going down <clears throat> third and eight. Nice pass straight to KJ Osborne. I believe it was a little bit of pass interference because they were holding his left arm. I will yeah. go to my grave with that. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's like you got to catch the pass and KJ Osborne dropped it. Although interfered with, but you got to catch it. You just you have to. You just have to. So it's fourth and eight and the Vikings O-line is getting beat all day. They got up like 49% or Kirk was pressured on 49% of his drop back. So every other passing play, that's Not just good. horrible. And then fourth and eight, they send the, well, they don't send the house. They send like four guys. Garrett Bradbury can't pick up a block. Dexter Lawrence is in his face in less than three seconds. No time to throw to any of the downfield receivers, Osborne, Thielen, and uh, JJ. So, of course, he dumps it off to uh, Hawkinson, who he was did. having a good game, right? He was having a good game, like over 100 yards. 29 yards, know? great game. Um, but it's it's basically five yards short of the sticks. There's a defender right there, and he gets tackled, and that's the game. And it's super frustrating because that very last play is a very stereotypical Kirk Cousins play. Um the defense was trash all game. We have a lot of drops, specifically that Irv Smith drop. I mean, that I was so angry because it's just flashing back oh, to I that know, Philadelphia Eagles drop. This is a five-minute rant. I, I, just, I just cannot I cannot take it. And now everyone is back on the Kirk Cousins sucks train. You need to ship him away. He's the problem with the Vikings. And it's just I, – I just – I can't with, with, with Vikings social media. It's just, just so many – uneducated fans like oh it's i uh i'm at a loss for words i get so heated about no, and, and, it it's and, like clearly you need to fix the defense the offense was fantastic this year yeah it was fantastic in I can, fact Kirk I can cousins put it, had like the best stats out of all quarterbacks this weekend it was minus uh, that one play correct honestly and dak also had a very good game but like putting that into perspective if you are looking at Kirk cousins as the scapegoat as to why they lost that game stop watching football because you don't know what you're talking about you have to look at the defensive scheme, the defensive players, what was happening. Because in a majority of those of those plays, there was many times, I think Saquon caught, what, five passes for 60 yards. In most of those scenarios, wide open without a single person near him for 10 to 15 yards. You have to account for that. The beginning of the game throughout that first half, the Giants were running the absolute living heck out of Daniel Jones. And you knew they were going to try to set that up for the second half. So when they got into that situation, they had already set themselves up for failure and they made no adjustments to it. Even during that game, I was saying the Vikings are literally just rushing for. They are not doing anything to try to mismatch or, or you know, get them on their heels because they're just rushing for almost in a bull rush. Where when you look at the Giants who are still rushing for a majority of the time, yes, they did throw pressure probably on 20% of those plays. They're stunting. You're going to have, you know, the D tackle pull. You're going to have the right uh, right end kind of pull in. And that's going to create some some mismatches within the interior of the offensive line. And it gets home. The Vikings just were not prepared for that. Yet, at the end of the day, Justin Jefferson did get shut out. But they didn't compensate to try to do anything differently. The play action is not going to work if you don't have a run game. Yet, Kirk Cousins did have a good game. 
And everyone's going to look at that last play of the game because it's recency bias and say, Kirk Cousins is the reason we lost that game. If you do think that, I hope you don't play fantasy because I know you're not a football fan. Just grow up. Realize the defense is, is ultimately the loser of that game. If they had even any semblance of a competent defensive coordinator, that doesn't happen. Kirk Cousins has all the ability in the world to win this game, especially one-score games. They have the record for the most ever in a season. Defense let him down. I don't think this is on Kirk Cousins. I don't think it's on the wide receivers. It's not on Dalvin. It's not on the offensive line. It's the scheme. So if you're saying it's Kirk, you're wrong. Yeah, I agree. Total, the defensive scheme needs to, I mean, like, it was nobody thought. I'm sorry, no Vikings fan that watched how the offseason played out thought that with as bad as the defense was with Zimmer in his last two years, nobody thought it could have gotten worse. Right, but it got worse. Yeah, last year the Vikings had 50 sacks. This year the Vikings had 23 sacks. That's bringing in Zadarius Smith. That's retaining uh, Daniel Hunter. That's bringing or that's retaining Dalvin Tomlinson. You, it's it's just. It's it's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. And there was a big period where I, after the game to into Monday where I didn't know, is it the defensive scheme or is it Daniel Hunter and Zadarius Smith? Is it the personnel? It's a scheme. Part of me thinks you. it's the personnel because it's like, well, they were bad with Zimmer and they're bad with Donatel, right? Something obviously it has to give there, but they did get worse. And that's just absolutely unacceptable, especially with the way the offense played. I mean, AJ, this was such a special year, and this is not going to happen again next year. That's the sad yeah. truth. It's not going to happen again. I'm not saying that they're going to miss the playoffs or that they're necessarily going to make the playoffs, but I guarantee you we're not going to have a 13-4, and 11-0, one-score game type season. I mean, that it just doesn't happen. I Honestly, I wouldn't be surprised by that. And honestly, I could say the same thing for, for the Birds. Uh, but looking at it too, I'll say Jay Jetta, he's up for a contract. So obviously you're going to be looking at probably 20 to $22 million. He's going to set the record. Oh, I think he's getting over 30. That would be crazy. I think the record right now is, is it 25? Adam says 30. Does he really? Yes. He's going to. Well, then, yeah. My prediction. He's, he's going to set that, the record. No doubt. I was talking with Nolan about this um, Monday, maybe even last week. But uh, I, I envision JJ's deal is going to be something along the lines of five years, 160 million. Because that puts him at 32 million. Yeah. Resets the market. He will be the highest paid wide receiver. Um. And, you know, he pretty much deserves it at this point. Yeah. Uh, I think the one thing that's frustrating is, and this is also a little bit of my knock against Tyreek Hill, is it's like the truly best wide receivers don't get shut out. Correct. You know, Calvin Johnson would never get shut out. Even when Rhodes was in his, Xavier Rhodes is in his all pro year, he still gave up a touchdown to Calvin Johnson. It's like, it happens. The best of the best will not go down and and that is the case so then you also have to look at it and be like are they not scheming justin jefferson to get open one of the things you're going to look at is is he making those motions across the backfield especially in most of those plays when you see that motion and tyreek does it all the time and it's usually an indicator of whether or not they're in man or if they're in zone mm -hmm. and if they are in man if you get him across he's going to be on a different part of the field than where that defense designed him to be Things like that are going to change how the defense is looking at that play. And I didn't see the Vikings doing a ton of that to actively try to get him open. In the third quarter, I think Justin Jefferson had two targets, maybe three. In the fourth quarter, I think he got one, if not none. It's your best player. 
You're one of the best players in this league. And if you're not willing to make changes to make sure that he is open to try to get the offense in a game you're losing in a playoff game, what are you doing? It's just, it's some really ticky tacky things. I think I, I would look a lot more at the coaching staff than I would. And I'm not saying Kevin O'Connell is a bad coach by any means, but I want to look at some of the things that they didn't do. That's where I would be nervous. And I'm not going to put it on O'Connell. You have to look at your OC and your DC and say, were we not prepared for this game? And yes, it is a, a perennial thing where it's like the Vikings are going to lose in the playoffs. It's I'm not trying to be rude by it by any means, but you have to make some of those changes. You have to be prepared. And it just, once again, it looks like they came out flat. They And then they did the same thing the Vikes do, where they come back, they look good, they you know they start coming back to, to form. And at the end of the day, again, you're still playing child's play, where it's like, yeah, you know, we made it back, but we didn't win. It's not okay. You have to make those changes. If I was you, or if like the Eagles lose next week, I would be frustrated if that's the way that we lost, is because of scheming. We're playing the same exact team. Mm-hmm. So it's... It's it's mind-boggling to me. There's there's a lot of mistakes, but I will tip my hat to the Giants. Dayball. They played really well. Fantastic, fantastic approach to that game. They came prepared for that game. They were 100% motivated. Saquon looked rejuvenated, rushed for what, maybe 50 yards, 50 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Uh, looked great. It was more than that, to be honest. It was so- Well, he had one rushing touchdown alone that was like, 70 yards i only no it was 28 yards and i know that because i had a bet that saquon would finish with under 72 rushing yards because i was on your side and he finished with like 52 ah, okay. but he, he did he did catch a lot of balls that's why i was saying earlier was wide open in space uh isaiah hodgins is definitely gonna get drafted in redraft leagues next next year unless they like make huge changes and like pulling you know some wide receiver help but they still got kenny galladay on the books so get him out of there. Uh, the Giants, their offensive line, defensive line looked fantastic. The scheme that they wrote up for you guys specifically was out of this world. So I don't just want to say the Vikings lost this game. I do have to tip my hat to the to the Giants and say just the game plan, the way they executed. It's a, it's a tough loss, but you have to respect it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, kudos to the Giants. They did very well. It's not easy to play in U.S. Bank Stadium, and they made it look relatively easy except for maybe one quarter where yeah. the game got back to a tie game, you know, but everything else, they thoroughly took care of the Vikings. They took care of the defense. They took care of the offense. It was, it's just frustrating, but Hey, there's next year. There, There is next year. So Nick, I'll say, I will say for you, the Eagles will try to take them out just for, for some solace. I am least. rooting for the Eagles. I do want the Eagles to beat the giants. Fingers crossed. I'll say, I mean, there's, it's tough to beat a, th- a team three times in a year when you, when you know each other so well, um, but I'm going to hope for the best. Um, outside of that, the Eagles did not play. Do we want to talk about some of their playoff games? I think there's like a couple. Let's recap them. I know that was a little bit long there. Um, That's fine. It's I'm, gonna, I'm not going to lie to you. About. I did not watch Monday's night, Monday's night, Monday's game. Want me to recap it for you really fast? I was just so, I was like, I didn't watch a football. Let me, let me give you a quick recap. Tom Brady sucked in this game. Todd Bowles should not be a head coach. Byron Leftwich deserves to be fired. That defense, terrible. Flip to the other side, Dak Prescott, hell of a game. Hell of a game. Typically, the way, especially in the last game against the, the Commanders, I was curious, are we going to get this Dak Prescott in the playoffs, or are we going to get uh, one of those games where it just it's lights out and everything works? And I'm still not sure whether or not it was the Cowboys that looked that great or if the Bucks just looked that bad. This game was horrendous. I know there's a lot of analysts that came out and said, I stopped watching after the third quarter. Their one touchdown came on a Julio Jones because it's Julio Jones deep ball. Other than that, I'll say they just, 
time and time again, they kept trying to throw screens. When you and say Julio Jones. Oh, you mean literally from the Tampa? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll say, so, I mean, their offensive line could not do anything. So they resorted to, you know, I'm going to keep dumping screens. And Micah Parsons, all over it, yeah, all day. Fast. Literally ran through, put his arms up. I think they had to have deflected six, seven balls. It was embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Looking at Dak, throwing dimes. But it did also look like Tampa Buccaneers just like, they kept trying to throw pressure at him. And they just, they weren't going anywhere. They, um, I can't remember his name, uh, Connor McGovern who is their backup left tackle, they were putting him in as fullback. And and Jason Peters ended up getting hurt in that game, but they were literally just covering. And for whatever reason, Todd Bowles was like, we're going to keep throwing pressure even though our defensive backs cannot keep up with anybody. It's, again, a matter of, you know, you study this team all week, and then it looks like you're just trying to cheat on the test because you have Tom Brady. It's not going to work. And this was Dallas's first road playoff win since 1993 when Tom Brady was in friggin' high school. And it's, I would not be surprised if after that loss, Tom officially calls it quits. Cause if I was him, I would be absolutely embarrassed and you deserve to be. It's Tom Brady looked bad. The line looked bad. Mike Evans came back in the second half, but that defense was atrocious. And Todd Bowles is supposed to be a defensive minded coach. That's all I got to say on that game. There is a better game. You want to talk about that Jags Chargers game? Uh, let's get that. Let's get to that one last because that I do agree that that, was, that is the best one. That was probably the best. Um, you could argue that Dolphins Bills game too, though. That was a lot better than I think anyone was expecting. That is also like the biggest reason. Do you want to talk about the Bills then? No, let's do Ravens Bengals. Okay. Uh, so the, the Sunday night game is Ravens Bengals. Uh, this was a uh, an interesting game. I think it was closer than any of us expected. I think we all kind of thought the Bengals were gonna not necessarily blow out the Ravens, but thoroughly win. Yeah. And uh, they only won twenty four seventeen. Um, Hundley played pretty well. He did. He did. I mean, he looked the way he looked the year previously when he was filling in Lamar. Yeah. Uh, Because this year when he had to fill in, he looked like a backup, you know. The previous year, he looked like a starter. And in this game, he looked like a starter. Now, the real uh, change of tides was that QB sneak. I, Jared and I were screaming over this. So QB sneak tries to go over the pile, right? From the two. Stupid. He is short. Yeah, Stupid. it was from the two because he reached over and was short by like half a yard. Someone yeah. swaps it out of their hand. Just so happens to fall into one of the um, the, the Bengals linebackers. And he returns it for a touchdown. And it was really cool because we all had a bet that the Bengals defense was going to do really well. And yeah. we were like, no way did that just happen. Because uh, it was pretty, it was a pretty unbelievable play. The longest fumble recovery in NFL history. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. You don't see that. <laughs> literally, literally, you don't see that. I got, I got two quick points on that that made me extremely frustrated. Number, actually, technically three. Number one, Mark Andrews for getting his ass down the field and booking it, trying to catch him. It looked like a, you know, a bigger. Obviously, he's a tight end version of DK trying to run down Buda Baker, mm-hmm. legendary tackle. Um, I will say, I do think it was a block in the back. That should have been a penalty. Should have gotten called back. Still would have been their ball, whatever. But the biggest bone I have to pick within that specific play, Gus Edwards. I don't know if you saw this. So he's the one where it almost fell into his hands and he could have ran it in. Watched it happen. Falls into Sam Hubbard's hands. Gus Edwards makes a, a terrible attempt at trying to run him down. I mean, a light jog. And you see Mark Andrews, a tight end full book in it run absolutely by him and you see gus edwards doing like this little lazy kind of jog back it's like you're not even guaranteed a job next year i guarantee like when he goes in the locker room and they when they look at film of that if i'm the ravens i would be 
livid. He 100% can catch Sam Hubbard. He's a running back versus a linebacker. You should be able to. Grow up. Like, this is the playoffs. If you're not going to try to run him down now, when would you? And he 100% has the capability to catch him. Mark Andrews is going to give it a go. You have to give it a go. It's I, I tweeted about it, and I'm still frustrated to this day. It's like uh, Cam Newton in the Super Bowl when he didn't die for that fumble. It's a Super Bowl. It's a playoff game. You're, you're playing a division rival. Give it everything you have. If you're not willing to, what are you there for? It's I was I was pissed just watching that happen. Did you see J.K. Dobbins, the running backs um, quotes after the game? I agree with him. I, I agree. With I will say I 100% agree with him. I will agree. I, I also the second quote he shouldn't have said. The first quote was I something along the I'm paraphrasing something along the lines of I 100% believe that if I was given the ball, I would have scored that touchdown. Yeah, and I actually believe him too. Yeah, I mean he's a pretty good running back, and he's definitely a tankier person than Tyler Huntley. And if they would have just given him the ball, I they it probably would have been a totally different game. Right. Uh, the other thing he said is that we would have won that game if we had Lamar Jackson. I do agree with that. Now, I agree with that, too. But, dude, you don't say that. That is such a dig now at Tyler Huntley. And it's like... Yes and no. It's like, come on, dude. Like, don't say that. Don't put down... Because Tyler played well. That's the other he thing. Did. It's not like he Tyler did. played bad. And it's not like Lamar could have done that much better. I mean, it, I agree he would have done better. And I do think they would have won that game. But... Come on, dude. Be a team player. Don't push your guy down. Like, what, come on. I, the one devil's advocate piece that I will say is, again, if you're going to look at this, and that's why I think he could potentially be coming at it from trying to be a good teammate, is, again, Lamar Jackson's in a, in a contract year. He couldn't play, does not have a stable knee. Yes. Does that suck for, for Snoop Huntley? Yep. 100% it does. But I also would like to say that this could be an opportunity for J.K. Dobbins trying to advocate for for their former MVP, unanimous MVP, saying you got to pay the man. You absolutely have to. And because they didn't, and if they would have had Lamar, this would have been a different story. I agree. But they don't. Ravens made their choice. And I think it's J.K. also just trying to take a dig, number one, because he's mad about his rushing attempts, which are abysmal. He needs more. Um, and also looking at Lamar Jackson and just being like, just pay him. He, he deserves it. Mm-hmm. Maybe not a fully guaranteed contract, but he deserves his money. You're not wrong. And that's actually a really good point about, you know, I, I originally just looked at that comment as being selfish, but that's actually a good point because that definitely does, you know, to the Ravens brass be like, okay, maybe we should just pay him. Yeah. You know, whatever he, obviously you don't just necessarily pay anybody whatever they want because everyone's going to ask for more than they, what they the deserve. Browns right? did, everyone that's is, the Browns. Everyone's going that's to. The right? Browns. That's the Browns. And that's why the Browns are the Browns. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you have literally a talent that has been better than Michael Vick. They deserve to lose if they let him walk. hundred percent. It's just, it's just silly. It's just silly. Any other thoughts? No, let's move on. This, that went long. Uh, all right. So we'll do, let's do Seahawks 49ers. This was a really fun game. I picked Seahawks to win For the first half. Yeah, they uh, did not. Uh, <laughs> Uh, they played pretty well, though. I mean, the first throughout half, the first yeah. half, it was pretty good. Yeah. It was tied at they like were winning. 17. No, the Seahawks were winning. Did they go up yeah, it was at like the very 17, end? It was 17-16, something yeah, like that. It was, yeah, you know, they, they, they were playing neck and neck pretty much exactly how I kind of thought that game would go until that second half. They just ran away, away with it. I mean, what do you do if you're the 49ers with the quarterback position next year? <laughs> it's unbelievable. Brock Purdy, I mean, like, 
How the heck did Brock Purdy not even start over Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, like you know, when Lance goes down, it's yeah. like Purdy has shown more he, that he has more skill than Garoppolo has in his whole career. And, and, and now they have Trey Lance as well that they mortgaged the farm for. It's like they did. What, say, three, what do you do? Three first round picks to move up to grab Trey Lance. Debo is um, looking nice. So, so here's going to be my my per- prediction and i would love to come back to this and see if i am potentially right uh so one thing i want to look at is the uh what is it the director of of personnel whatever it is did just get hired by the tennessee titans as their new general manager yes that's cool trey lance posted on instagram he was like hey good luck but also kind of like little praying hands if brock purdy wins this game i think it does come down to him and jimmy garoppolo if that happens trey lance is going to be on the move they're not going to get two first rounds for him. So they're basically going to have to eat a, you know, essentially two lost first round picks or Jimmy G gets traded or not traded. He's going to sign elsewhere. And then you have a legitimate QB competition going into training camp, which typically is not good for the team. If you got two, you got none. Exactly. You got to have that guy. Trey Lance has not had an opportunity to actually show what he can do. Brock Purdy is now in playoff games throwing four touchdowns. That is a very, very hard thing to just walk away from, and it's never going to be forgotten. I don't want to say he's going to be a Gardner Minshew because I think he's better, but I do want to look at how much of it is like the system and how successful it is just because it is Kyle Shanahan. Whether they have Jimmy G, they have Trey Lance, they have Brock Purdy, that that offense is going to be good no matter what. They have Trent Williams too. They have a fantastic offensive line. So it's it will be a huge storyline of this offseason. Do I think that they're going to just – throw their hands up and say, yeah, we're not going to give it to Trey Lance. No, I, th- I think they're going to give him every opportunity to still come back in and be their guy. But the way Brock Purdy is playing, it's going to be very difficult to do so. Definitely. Um, I will say, I don't think it's going to come down to Garoppolo or Purdy. I mean, Garoppolo's gone, but they have to make a decision. That's, on honestly, I, Lance, I said Garoppolo instead of Lance. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, 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 that made more sense. Um, yeah, and... I'm not gonna. I mean, Jimmy G. I got nothing. I have nothing against Trey Lance. No, he's just. But I'm like rocking that party train right now. You have to. It's fun. You have to. It's fun. It's a great story to root for. You know, Mr. Irrelevant. I'll say if he becomes exactly, exactly. If he, (laughs) Mr. He was the last pick of the draft. It's like it's. That's gotta be can't get like that. Vikings can't. No, and it's also like a, a huge system thing. But again, he is. Dude just got ice in his veins. Obviously, looking at Joe Burrow being a first overall pick, you're like, the dude's got ice in his veins. He's going through the playoffs. He doesn't care. Imagine being the last pick in the draft on the 49ers, beating teams, potentially running into a Super Bowl, and just being like, I don't I don't care. Because why would you? Honestly, you're, you're playing with free money. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy, I think we're all a fan. Go you, bro. Let's go. Uh, moving on here. So we got the Bills-Dolphins game. This was the first game of Sunday. And literally everybody and their mother expected the Bills to just blow out the Dolphins because the Dolphins are playing Skylar Thompson back up to the backup quarterback. Uh, and the Bills have been the Super Bowl favorites literally since like last January. I mean, honestly, yeah. it's it, they've been it's crazy how much that's been hammered into our brains. Uh, so they're playing and, you know, the Bills take a nice lead. It was like a 24-3 lead, 24-7 lead, something like that. And then. I was in band practice, so honestly, I was like glancing at the TV, but I'm not watching it, right? So they're down 20 points going into the halftime. So I'm like, okay, whatever, this game's over. I'm focusing on band practice. All of a sudden, I look over. They must have been, Buffalo must have been up like 21, because all of a sudden, Miami was up 24 21. 
I think you're thinking of the Jags game because I don't say no. This is a tight game, pretty much from the get go. No, I'm pretty sure that the Bills went up. I'm like, I'm like a thousand percent positive the Bills went up a couple scores. Let, let me give you my quick analysis, and I'm, I'm not going to make it long. Story I'm, going I'm looking long. this up while you do that. Please do. Uh, so number one, the Bills should not have won that game. They gave the Dolphins every opportunity to beat them, and I'll say, I'm one who who thought. Nick, we both are that the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Josh Allen has 100% regressed this season. Whether or not you want to like admit that, he has. Red zone interceptions, fumbling the ball. I think the Dolphins had 18 points just off turnovers or alone. And you can't do that. So you're in the playoffs. You got to hold on to the ball. Josh Allen, he wants to be. I think he looks like what Patrick Mahomes did last year during like the, the first six weeks of the season when he was just trying too hard. You made way too many mistakes. You got to clean it up. You have Stefan Diggs. You have a decent running game. And they were just letting the, the Dolphins basically stay there. You have to make the adjustments. You have to get better. You have to hold on to the ball at the end of the day. And the, I would, if I could, I would re- redact my statement of being like, the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. How much of this game did Tua play? None. Well, it says he's 13 of 18. So you're probably looking at maybe like a, a different week. Because, uh, no, Skylar Thompson actually played a very good game. Jalen Waddle, unfortunately, was just butterfingers. Mike Gusecki dropped balls when it mattered. Tyree Kill dropped balls. They, It was on both sides of the ball. They just, It was such a, a, a mistaken game where it was just everywhere you looked, things were happening that shouldn't have happened in a playoff game. The Bills are the two seed. Never, ever. Throughout like this new expanded playoff game, have we seen a seven seed beat a two seed? I think this is the closest we've gotten, and it should not have been that way. I I will give credit to uh to Mike McDaniel's played You're a great saying, game. Hold on, did you say a seven seed has never beat a two seed? Correct. Wow, really? I would have bet against that. They're zero and six. I mean, it's only been three years, but which honestly, time flies. But no, the the Bills should have blown them out. Had, they should have. They were for a minute. Look at this. They went up seventeen zero at one point. Like super early in the first? Uh, 17 0. Because uh, the Bills came back and scored two. I don't two. know if I, I, it did. ESPN is not telling me what quarter these are in, but that's fair. Well, I went up seven, then up 14, then 17, and then three, 17 3, 17 6, 17 9, 17 17, 2017. And then all of a sudden, yeah, Miami went up 24 20. Yeah. So yeah, I did, I guess I did forget uh, because after after like the Bills went up so much, I was like they're gonna lose this game. Well, I just remember telling Reed, my other guitar player who doesn't watch football, like I just had this game on the background because I want to glance over at it yeah. and like the Bills are just gonna crush Miami and yeah, don't you don't even have to pay attention to it, right? right? You know, and that you know they're up seventeen zero at that point, and then all of a sudden we turn around and he makes a comment. He's like, "Oh wow, this game's close." I go, "What are you talking about?" And that, that's when I saw that they were up, and I was like, "Whoa, what?" Where have I yeah. been? You know, don't turn you back to the TV. You know, <laughs> if they play like that, they 100% deserve to be knocked out next round. I thought, honestly, I thought they should have lost to the Dolphins. Yeah. I mean, you know, I don't necessarily know if they like should or shouldn't have, but like they definitely gave up way too much. And it's got to make you question whether or not they're actually the Super Bowl team, you know, because there's been, it, this is not the first blunder this year. There's been no, many of them. Correct. You know, they lost to the Vikings earlier in the season, which at the time you're like, 
nice humble you, you know, but now looking back, it's like, no, you should have beat the Vikings, you know, yeah. and they, they, I believe they lost to Miami already once before that. And it's like, you should have beat Miami, even if it, even if it's Tua, like the bills are built to win right now. Yeah. And they, they 100% miss Brian Dable. Thousand percent. Like that is one that, that will probably haunt them. But you, I mean, you're not going to keep all your OCs and DCs doesn't happen indefinitely like it's it doesn't happen so like when that does happen like you have to be a quarterback you have to be a team that can still rally and be like we're still efficient we're still a good team all right let's move on to the last game uh it is the Chargers Jaguars game um yes this was the most exciting game in my opinion outside of that Vikings game because obviously that's a biasy there um but the Chargers ended up losing to the Jaguars. They lost 31 to 30 after holding a 27 to 7 lead. Correct. Such I a mean, Charger thing to do. It is a Charger thing to Embarrassing. do. Embarrassing. And I remember like I remember last week when we were talking about this in my head I was thinking like I might have even said this. I'll have to listen to our last episode. I think I said I'll pick the Chargers, but I would not be surprised if they blow it because that would be a Chargers thing to do. Yeah. Just like the Vikings losing to the Giants. That's a Viking thing to do. This is such a Charger thing to do. You're up 20 points in a playoff game entering the second half, and you're going to let Trevor Lawrence go ahead and score 31 points while you can only muster three points. I mean, and 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 this is what's frustrating. You probably read this narrative on Twitter. It's that they need to get Justin Herbert help. Like, how are they not putting this team together around Justin Herbert? But it's like, how is Justin Herbert not elevating his team to take care. How can you not win in the second half with a 20 point lead? Right. Whereas looking at the Viking situation, it's like, Kirk, how could you lose this game for us? Isn't yeah. that funny? How the, how the media just spins stories because Justin Herbert, again, three years in a row of elite quarterback play we they just need to fix it around him. Okay. Well, at what point does it become him? Do you, uh, you know what I mean? Have you, have you seen anything about the Emmanuel, the Emmanuel Acho social media quarter quarterback? Kind of like rant and rave. Uh, I've seen him before. I know he's a big Kirk hater. He, he is. Honestly, like I said, I mean, he's an ex-Eagle. Honestly, but I still think a lot of his takes are probably over the line. He's pretty sensitive about it. But he has called Justin Herbert a social media quarterback. And it's not because he's huge on social media. And it's not because he does TikTok. It's because everybody through fantasy, through social media analysts, through actual analysts are like, Justin Herbert is elite on paper. And he has huge numbers. But when you get into these games, he doesn't pull it out. So amongst social media, he is elite. When they get into crucial moments, he just, I, I won't say he blunders, because yeah, they scored 27 points in the first half. Like that, that is fantastic. Huge. That is huge. But when you score three points in the second half, you ha- it's not a tale of two halves where you can be like, he's elite until this happens. No, he's either he's either good or he's bad. And right now he's borderline kind of in like that middle ground where it's like, yes, he can put up numbers. I don't want to necessarily compare him to Andy Dalton, but that's the way it's starting to look like he can actually have huge games. He can make all the throws. He's a fantastic leader. If you're not one of these games, what are you? And then if you look at the coaching staff, I think Brandon Staley should have been fired. hundred percent. Absolutely. You, you run the ball, what, five times in the second half up 27 points. You're a moron. You are a moron. You have Austin Eckler. Throw to him in the backfield. Like, they didn't do anything. They also played Mike Williams in a game that they shouldn't have. It's just mistakes all around. I'm not. Staley is similar to Zibber in that aspect where they he would make a lot of bad mistakes, bad play calls in the pressure moment. Yeah. You know? Um, the only thing that's really completely inexcusable because there's no pressure on that was playing Mike Ev- or Mike Williams in that last game. Yeah. That, that was just a stupid, stupid play. 
It, it is. And I get like, you know, you don't want to get your guys rusty, but at the end of the day, Chargers, it, it's another year being a Chargers fan. It's probably similar to being a Vikes fan. It's like, you, you do it to yourself. I do want to flip the script, though. Dougie P! Yes, so looking at that other side, I mean, you got to... How at this point, I mean, I'm rooting for the Jags in I either kind of want I don't know who I really want to win in the AFC. The Jags is a fun story. I, I like Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Now that the Vikings are out, I'm totally cool with him dominating and winning again. Um I'm a big Bills fan. Well, I'm not a big Bills fan, I'm a big Stefan Diggs fan, but right. like there's a huge part of me that doesn't want the Bills and Steph to win. Because that's going to be a dig against my team. You know, what I mean? that's going to be pun intended. Oh, it's going to be frustrating. It um, is, but I mean, the the comeback was absolutely phenomenal. I guess uh, go Bengals. I guess maybe I'd join the Bengals team this year. If I had to pick a team out of the AFC, do I think the Bills will come out of there? I did last week, but I mean, in my heart of hearts, I would love a Dougie P versus the versus the Eagles in a Super Bowl. It's probably like the least likely chance that like that would ever happen. There would be a good narrative there. It, there no would. Doubt. And it, it's the same thing with Andy Reid. Honestly, you're still coming back. Andy Reid with tenure with the Eagles for 14 years. Mm-hmm. Coming back, playing Nick Sirianni. Wow, he was there 14? 14. As a head coach the whole time? Yeah. Wow. That's longer wow. than I thought. I just thought of the Owen Wilson. Wow. <laughs> yeah. But no, honestly, he was, he was fantastic for us. He just got to that point where eventually we just kind of plateaued, which... That's Plat- that happens with coaches. It, but plateauing was still making the playoffs every year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, good thing, bad thing. But, yeah, you fall into Patrick Mahomes. Um, I think the AFC has just a ton of narratives where it is still Doug Peterson versus Andy Reid. Doug Peterson is from the Andy Reid tree. So that's going to be a fantastic game to watch. You have the rematch of the Bills playing Cincy. Um, it, it's it's going to be fantastic. Um, but, yeah, I think the Chargers, you know, 100% deserve it. Trevor Lawrence, after that game, goes to a Waffle House. Mad respect. You're a true Floridian now. Yeah, I yeah, I that's funny and, and like I'm all about that for the memes. There's no waffle houses here though, so like I didn't really care when that Have came you ever been out. been to Waffle House? No, I've never been to Waffle ever? House. Ever? Ever. Oh, it's like the sketchiest place in the Yo, entire I world. I know all about yeah. it. I know the whole internet aspect. It's you're gonna get fought there. It's whatever, you know, that it is the low of the low when it comes to the Denny's, the IHOPs. They the, do make a fantastic just, waffle yeah. though. Honestly, I've been several That's also times. It's hard to screw up a waffle, to be fair. It is, but I say, well, like within like a standard, like they make a good waffle where like but it's just, it's a weird place. Honestly, everything is like really cheap. But yeah, you're going to see like potentially a prostitute outside behind the thing at like seven in the morning and then probably, you know, hear gunshots Prostitutes around Prostitutes got to eat too, AJ. That is true. And you're I mean, eating cheap. Yeah, and then it's a good waffle. Honestly, they have to sustain. You get that one waffle, you're good to go for the next 24 hours. That's all you need. All right. Go let's Jake. take, let's take a little bit of a break just because we're getting super long. We'll preview the games and we'll get these guys out of here. I don't think we have time for anything else, but cool. this has been a good podcast in my opinion. I, I got a lot of stuff off my chest and uh, a couple more things to talk about, but uh, we'll be back. You guys know the drill. A couple seconds to you, a couple minutes to us. Stick around. Fourth and three, fourth and three, hopping back on the mic for you and me. Fourth and three podcast. There is this Nick and AJ and Jerry with the blast. NFL blast. Fourth and three podcast. All right, everybody, back with uh, the podcast here. We got four games to preview. We're going to relatively go quickly through these because uh, that first half was a little bit long, but it was a good conversation, I thought at least. It was good stuff. Yeah, I had to gotta get a lot of stuff off my chest, so I'll take the blame here, AJ. <laughs> So let's look at the Saturday games. So 
first off, this is one thing that kind of shocked me at first, but after thinking over made sense to me, both first seeds are playing on Saturday. Yep. Now, at first I thought, well, that's kind of inconvenient for the... um, Is it though? For the, you know, for the lower seeds. That was my little uh, first. I, and as Purposeful. I'm saying, as I'm saying that right now, I remember the Cowboys were mad about that and all that mumbo jumbo mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but I was like, that's kind of inconvenient. But then I was thinking about it, and it's like, well, you know what? The first seeds haven't played for two weeks. Yeah, why not? You know, put them in the Saturday game. Yeah. They it's need a, to get get a little. You it's know. not much of a difference. Plus, on t- to the fact where if the NFL wants the best possible game, wouldn't you want the the two teams to be the most rested? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Just saying, yes, that that's 100% bias, but at the same time, if like you want the best ratings, you want the best possible outcome, you're going to try to design that in a specific way. So, you know, go birds, go chiefs. Well, n- yeah. And not only that, it's like it makes it more, it makes it more to play for, for that first seed, right? Because yeah. not only are you going to get that bye week, well, now you're coming back and you're going to get a team on a relatively short week. Now, if you're the Giants, it's only six, team, six games. Well, same thing. Jaguars. Were they a Saturday game? They were Saturday game. So they get the full week. Kind of not fair for the Giants. They get six days, but also at the same point, like I was just saying, it makes that first seed even more enticing, right? Right. To get not only that bye week, but know that the team that you're probably going to play is going to be on a short week. Yep. You know, that's that's a positive and makes it makes a regular season more fun. It right? does. Uh, so that being said, let's jump into the Chiefs Jaguars game. So um first off, just looking at this. It is a huge win for the Jaguars to be here. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anyone gave them more than seven wins this season, except for maybe like super diehard Jags fans that were super biased, right? And threw in a a, probably not even a baloney, you know. Uh, That being said, the Jaguars did get nine wins and they find themselves in the divisional round facing the Kansas City Chiefs at home. It's going to be an extremely hard game for them. Um, I, I would give them maybe a 10 to 15% chance of winning this game. And that would solely fall on the fact that hopefully the Jaguars defense shows up and plays lights out. And that the fact that the Kansas city defense is not that great. So Trevor Lawrence, who has been hot the last like six weeks should be able to score some points. Right. Uh, that being said, there is no way in heck am I going to pick the Jags over the chiefs. I think the chiefs, thoroughly win it's going to be like a 34 37 to like 20 27 game and i i think that's fair I, I i do think it's fair i would say obviously the beauty of it is you have doug peterson who comes from the andy reed tree playing against andy reed it was kind of the hope of 2017 when it came down to it uh but I, I, this this game is truly going to be most likely a blowout but when you look at most of the games that the the Jags, even looking at last week, have won. It's usually these really scrappy type of games where they come back, something happens, they end up winning. Even looking at the Dallas game, that that pick six at the very end in overtime. Um, so you're looking at age and wisdom versus young and hungry, at least in my opinion. I like the way you pra- phrase that. Yeah, so the the Jags in this scenario, their, their defense is very young, their offense is very young. Um, the, the Weapon-wise... Obviously, Patrick Mahomes is better than than Trevor Lawrence. No doubt. Just is. Uh, Zay Jones, for the Jags, playing out of his mind. Christian Kirk, fantastic game last week. Marvin Jones, he's just a guy. He's old. Uh, Travis Etienne, if he can have a game, this is 100% the game to do it. But I do agree, the Chiefs are probably going to win this game handily. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's still a three-point game. 
Speaking of Christian Kirk, and the listeners don't know this, but two things. Number one, I do want to say that I feel bad trading away Christian Kirk this last offseason in Dynasty. I mean, I I should have just kept him. I had him the year before, and he was awesome, and I was pretty much the only person that knew he was awesome. Uh, I traded him away, and I'm not upset with what I got back, but like, I really do wish I had him again. And then the second thing would be to... Cole, I know you're not listening, but if you're listening to this in your face, I tried to trade you Christian Kirk to give you that Lawrence Kirk connection. You laughed at me, said that was a terrible offer and blah, blah, blah. Well, in your face. But again, I know you're not listening. Um, But yeah, there's basically no way, not no way, but I just, I can, it's so hard for me to envision the Jaguars moving on here. Yeah. It's basically, again, I keep, I hate to keep referencing 2017, but it's like Blake Bortles in a fantastic defense against Tom Brady. Like it's just... It's probably not going to happen. That game was still close. Never say never. But, but it's I mean, probably not going to yeah, happen. I'm not betting on that, and I'm not going to tell you to bet on that. Uh, let's let's move on to the Sunday games and come back to that Saturday game, because I know you got a lot to say mm. about this. And I'm going to be honest, I actually got a lot to say about this, too. Good. I hope so. I am definitely an Eagles fan this week only. This week only. I'll take it. I'll say I'll uh, take one, one week at a time. Uh, so we're looking at the Sunday games. So the first game is the 2 o'clock game, 3 o'clock if you're over there on the East Coast. No, 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 no. I read that wrong. Three o'clock here, four o'clock Eastern time. Why does it say two o'clock? Central time? It doesn't say what time frame. Why do they do that? Why don't they just put it out nice and easy? Anywho, we got the Bengals playing the Bills. This is going to be, in my opinion, the most exciting game. And it's probably not just my opinion. It's probably like 90% of the football world. You it's know? 2, 2 it really p.m. Is two. Why? That's weird. That's weird. That is super weird. Two and 5.30. Weird I'll probably times. be watching that game with you. Um, probably. I don't know if I can watch the Eagles game with you. I feel really bad about that. That's right. I really do want to watch that game with you. But well, the scheduling conflicts. That being said, back to the Bengals-Bills. So the Bengals 12-4, and four, the Bills 13-3. and three. This is a rematch of the playoff game last year, which was the best game of the playoffs last year. Um, <clears throat> really back and forth. Uh, it really showcased... Uh, Gabe Davis, who had that four touchdown game last year, Beast. and then not only that, you have the Bengals, who are just firing on all or fired on all cylinders last year. Right now, the Bengals not as hot as they were last year in the playoffs, but still a very good team. Yep. And then this year, kind of the same thing with the Bills. They're also not as hot as they were in the playoffs last year. So it's going to be something interesting to watch if you're expecting the same exact game that happened last year, you're probably off. This is probably going to be a little, little bit more in the defensive battle than the offensive battle, but either way, it's still going to be a very fun game. I'm very excited to watch Burrow and Chase to see what they do. I'm very excited to see how Diggs handles the playoffs. I mean, he's a, he's just a, Diggs is such a hard player. There might be no other wide receiver in the league that plays harder than him. Um, And then I would love to see Gabe Davis repeat what he did last year and inflate that dynasty uh, value that I have with him in multiple leagues. I'll keep him in at least one league. I'll never completely leave him. Gabe's my boy. He's my guy. Well, the the beauty of that is he will most likely be matched up on uh, Eli Apple, who at this point, Probably should not be in bad. the NFL. Really bad. If if you saw the play where uh, against the Ravens, where Demarcus Robinson hit this this slant and go, Eli Apple, you don't bite on that. You don't have safety coverage. If it's a slant and go, you literally play the slant, let him take five yards. That just just do it. You don't have safety help. That's what you have to do. He bites on it hard. They're winning. You let that touchdown happen. And the Bengals have only been allowing 
or what 13 points a game over the last couple of games like their defense has been pretty good i didn't know that that's actually that's super good yeah so i mean within that situation and i don't know if it's jaded because like the bills obviously the way that that happened uh but within the situation that's a good point that's a good point eli apple is absolute trash i'm i'm just gonna call a spade a spade he should be a backup yeah absolute garbage uh gabe davis last time we saw him in the playoffs in this scenario Four touchdowns, 200 yards, absolute monster. Uh, but they're going to have to rely on Diggs. James Cook, I think, is going to have to be kind of the feature back. I love this game. James Cook. He's he's absolutely improved this season, and they've slowly been getting more touches. I don't think they should have done what Andy Reid did with uh, Cream Hunt. Cream Hunt never fumbled in his entire career in Toledo, had never fumbled. First ever carry, loses a fumble. James Cook gets the same treatment. First ever carry fumbles and all of a sudden you're like yeah you're you know you're third in the depth yep, chart. put him on the bench grow up i'll say it like stuff happens give him an opportunity and the bills need a running back they have naheem hines who has been a good returner gets a couple passes throughout the game james cook you brought him here for a reason play your boy for the most part this will be a passing attack you have t higgins jamar chase on one side you have steph uh stefan diggs and gabe davis on the other it's going to be a passing attack and I would love to see a 34-37 shootout, uh, but I'm still going to go Bills. Yeah, I would love to see a shootout like that as well. And I just want to reiterate that that James Cook, uh, that was a fantastic point you threw there, AJ. Especially now, because it's like, you know, at the beginning of the season, sure, you had Devin Singletary, you had Zach Moss, you have some established NFL veterans. Mediocre veterans, James Cook too. had that fumble. It's a welcome to the NFL moment. And you kind of just buried him, which is not going to be good for his confidence whatsoever Mm -hmm. but at the end of the day most rookies don't do anything in september and october rookies come on in november december and january once they get acclimated to the new league because there's definitely a huge talent lift you know every player in the nfl was a star in college so there's a there's a huge jump but at this point he's been very productive and i really think that they should not necessarily 100% lean on him, but give him a fair share of at least touches, right? Because Devin Singletary has been in a league and has done very little. And Zach be Moss has year. been, Zach Moss is for sure getting cut. Oh, well, maybe not cut, cut. Uh, he's going to a different team. No, he's a Colt now. Already? Yeah, Zach he, Moss? Yeah, he got traded when the. Uh, I'm sorry, you're right, trade. you're right, you're right, you're right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. My, my apologies, everybody. Yes. And then you hit trade for Naeem Hines, which it's like. I don't he's, know, dude. Just go with a, go with your rook, dude. Guy. Go with your twenty. Go with your twenty year old. Go with yeah. your twenty one year old. Why would you not? That's the he's already in the prime of running backs. We all know running backs excel between ages of like twenty two and twenty six. Twenty two to twenty six. It's yeah. like, come on, man. Like, why would you not? Uh, that being said, uh, let's move on here. Let's Wait, talk- who do you have one in this game? Oh, I'm for sure taking the Bills. Okay, I am too. Again, the way they played, they probably shouldn't. Be, I want to but- retract. I want to take that for sure. Out of that, but sentence. you think so? I'm taking. You the think bills. so? Okay, me too. Not for sure. Taking the bills. I feel the exact same. Uh, moving on here, we got the Cowboys and the Niners. This is also a very exciting game. This is probably, in my opinion, the second most exciting game of the week because not only do you have two teams that, and this is a personal biasy, that have done well this season, but I mean, you know me, AJ. I have not been on the 49ers train this year, and I've definitely not been on the, the Cowboys train this year, but they're in the divisional round, and this is very exciting in the aspect of both teams are good teams, and this is a total 1990s rematch, which it is. this, you know, this is like when I was a little boy 
remembering before I even watched football. This is these were the narratives, right? The Niners yeah. versus the Cowboys. So I'm very excited to see how this plays out. I'm a big Debo Samuels fan since I have him on my dynasty league. Cowboys, I could care less about to be honest, but I don't hate them like most people do. I do. I see. Yeah, you got the division rivalry thing. Yeah. You know, with most Vikings fans, they hate Cowboys because they were awesome in the '90s because of our Herschel Walker trade. Right. But to be honest, I wasn't watching football then, so I don't have that hatred. And for all I know about the Cowboys, is they've been kind of losers. You know, they, like, I would say they've been a not, joke for not a like time. not like not Browns losers, but. They've been consistently 500 in my lifetime. They, they've been a butt of the joke for a long time because they, they have been, I'm not going to say consistently good, but they, I mean, they've made the playoffs. They've, they've made been a lot consistently of, 500. They've made a real, like they've made some really good moves. And at the end of the day, they just have not been able to pull it out. And that's why this is the first time in 30 years that they have won a road playoff game. And it's again against Tom Brady. So good for them. Cool. Um, but yeah, I have been personally, I think the Niners are the real deal. And yes, they're they're on their third string quarterback. They drafted Christian McCaffrey. Their offensive line Traded for is that what I said? Did I say drafted? You drafted yeah. Okay, sorry. Their offensive line, great. Defensive line, great. Nick Bosa, one hundred percent better than his brother. Eric Armstead's a monster. The scheme is fantastic. D'Amico Ryan's is probably going to get a head coaching job, if not very hard consideration after this season. Uh, uh, Tulano Hufunga, I'll say their safety, is an absolute monster. Their corners are good. Fred Warner is an all-pro. The defense is just fantastic. And what is the Dallas Cowboys going to want to do? They're going to want to try to establish a run to set up a good passing game. The San Francisco 49ers are one of the hardest teams to run against. Yes, they have Tony Pollard, who will catch passes out of the backfield. Uh, but I think... The Niners just match up with the Cowboys the same way they will with the Eagles, where they're just kind of that yin and yang. They kind of match up very well. So I think a lot of this game is going to depend on Brock Purdy, and most of it's going to depend on Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott, for the first time out of eight games where he had a turnover, finally last week did not commit a turnover, so I guess good for him. But that's still not a good streak. Um, I think going against the Niners is a very different story versus going against a depleted, really sad Buccaneers team. I am still going to go with the 49ers. Would I personally enjoy playing the Dallas Cowboys in the FC Championship? 100%. Would I do it with a butterfly full of stomachs? Or stomach full of butterflies? There we go. <laughs> the exact opposite. I absolutely would. But I think the, the narrative itself, the way this season has gone to play Dallas in an FC Championship would be the absolute dream. And of course, the dream would be to beat them. The nightmare would be to lose. But I think just that situation would be fantastic. I just don't think the Dallas Cowboys are going to get there. And I, I'm not going to lie. I feel not confident that we could beat the Giants. I feel good about it. But again, we're talking playoffs. Anything can happen. I feel confident that you'll beat the Giants. Um, I feel... I feel confident in my boy that they'll beat the Giants. But before we jump into that game, let's. I, I just want to say my spiel about the Niners Cowboys. I do feel like the Niners are going to win this game strictly because they're the home team. If it was in a neutral uh neutral turf or if it was in Dallas, I'm taking Dallas. Right now they look like they have the most complete team and the 49ers biggest question mark for me is what's been the question mark all year and they've been defying the odds, but it's the Brock Purdy thing. Now I know we talked earlier, we're raving about him and I'm still rooting for him, but at the end of the day, this is still a rookie quarterback and I don't even know if there's been a rookie quarterback to ever win a Super Bowl. That's a really good question. I 
can't imagine because so I don't even know if Tom did it his rookie year. I don't I don't really remember exactly when he was drafted versus when he took over for um, Bledsoe. Um, but I I do not believe a rookie quarterback has ever won. So that's that's my that's my biggest blunder and also why I've just not been high on the 49ers. There has never been a rookie QB. Ben Roethlisberger got close but did not win. Right. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So so yeah, I'm going to go 49ers. But they're not making a pass the championship round. And that's going to be a huge heartbreak for Shanahan and that whole off that whole fan base, the whole organization. They have enough Super Bowls. They can suck it anyway. Yeah, I suppose. Same thing with the Cowboys. I don't. I don't care. Yeah, they both uh, yeah, have like at the end of the day. I don't want have I don't like know. four or five Super Bowls. At the end either of the way, day, I don't just, want anybody in the NFC to win. No offense. Well, and that, that's no offense. totally fine. I will say, out of all those teams, the Eagles have the least amount of Super Bowl wins. So just like from that aspect, I'll take one week of a fan. The rest of them have like three to five Super Bowls apiece. Uh, did it, come if it, on? If it wasn't for the way you were at that first Super Bowl, I'd be all about cheering for the Eagles right now. You would have been the exact same had the had the Vikes beat us and you I, won a Super you Bowl. Know you darn would have been well, the same. I would have not treated you the way you chirp me. But that's our difference in personalities, which we'll, is totally we'll fine. see. I'll say we need the fans, specifically Benry, to back this up. He's gonna side with you because he always does. But either way, we never know. It's a coulda, shoulda, woulda. We'll oh, never come know because it know didn't I'm happen. Such a subtle chirper. When it comes to I don't, Super- I'm not gonna make you a necklace. Of the score of the game. Hey, I still have butthole. I still have that necklace. Uh, let's move on here. Let's talk about the Giants Eagles game. This is super long here. Are we over an hour? Hopefully, we're getting close. We're almost good. At an hour. This is good stuff. Uh, we're getting so the we best got, game. We this got week. the Eagles Giants. So the Eagles are hosting the the Giants, who just took care of the Minnesota Vikings. So big Philly fan this week. I really, really hope you guys just crush the Giants. The intern was giving me crap on Monday. I was so mad. I was I was not handling it. I just had to like not reply because I was yeah. mama, right? You ain't got nothing nice to say. Don't say anything. Pretty much. Didn't want to burn no bridge there. So uh, go Eagles. I want my boy Jalen Hurts to have a fantastic game. I can tell you right now, uh, Alex is also big on the Eagles right now. Let's he go. Wants, he wants them to win the Super Bowl. He's I'll also I'll He also it. drafted Jalen Hurts in fantasy. Nice. So so we got that going. Um, I'm, you know, I, I just want the Eagles to not only win. I want them to just destroy the Giants. I, I want it to be like a, if I'm a Giants fan, I want to be, I need to look for uh therapy depressed. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like, I just want them to feel how I felt for that 20 minutes on Sunday. I want it to yeah. just be like in your face. Jalen Hurts has rushed for a hundred yards through for like seven touchdowns and then, you know, Flipped him off. That, I don't care. And then be beer cool. cans raining down. I yeah. just as I hope we can hear that because that was the Giants getting it from the Eagles. Um, and then also Miles Sanders. I want you to have a nice game as well because be nice. you're also a homie. Yeah, I, I followed you after your rookie year. You were awesome. It's uh, this game's tricky. Obviously, like I said, I mean it, it's tough to beat a, a team three times in a row. So actually, I heard this on the, the radio. Is last actually, week. It's, it's not. It's, it's really actually not. super yeah, easy. It's, it's to pretty do doable. Three times in a row. But still, with like theoretically three times, that's a lot of times playing a season. Uh, not counting the NFL, that makes sense. Correct. Yeah. So it's it's a difficult task. We know each other very well. They already had videos of Saquon on the way home from from Minnesota, already watching film. They have a good team. 
I have joked that the New York Giants are essentially the Walmart version of the Philadelphia Eagles, us being Target, Aldi, whatever you want to say. Um, but they're very similar to us. They match up well. Our defense is getting a little bit healthier. Favante Maddox is back. I think that's going to be crucial. Uh, the one big thing that I think is different is our defensive backs. C.J. Garner-Johnson is playing at an elite level. Uh, James Bradbury should have been an all-pro. Darius Slay, an all-pro, or at least Pro Bowl player. Uh, right there. I think that's going to be significant. I, the one thing that I, I am looking at is when we have played, I mean, I'm going to look at the, the Bears game. Justin Fields had fantastic game. We don't cover uh, the, the quarterback coming out of the backfield extremely well. Causes me issues. Um, but I will say Hassan Reddick has been fantastic. Fletcher Cox has had a good season. Brandon Graham has had a good season. Josh Sweat has had a good season. Hopefully he's back. Suffered a neck injury week 17. So, you know, we're, we're getting back to health. Jalen Hurts is not going to be 100% in this game. But he has said, I'm not going to hold anything back. And at this point, why would you? If you lose and you're out, go rehab, you know, throughout the offseason. Nothing else matters. It's not to say I don't care about his safety, but I think that's his mindset of like, okay, well, you know, I have a, I have a sprain. If it gets worse, you know, I'll rest for a couple months after this game, I'll get better. It's also a divisional opponent. That's why I think this is going to ultimately decide, be decided in three seconds left on the clock and a field goal. The last time we played the New York Giants at home in the playoffs, David Akers kicked a field goal, gave us a dub. I think that is going to be how this game is decided. I think we match up extremely well. Um, and if we do win this game, I would be very excited to go play the Niners or Dallas. Um, but I, I think we have shown some faults in the last couple of weeks. I do hope Jonathan Gannon is out of here next next year. I hope he gets a head coach job with, with the Texans. But at the same time, this has been the, the season that we've needed to have. We put all the pieces together. We have a fantastic team, and we're going to fall apart next year. So to your point with looking at the Vikings and saying, I don't think we're going to be that good next year, I could say the same thing about the Eagles and being like, we have all the pieces. We don't have the money to pay them. So I think a lot of our team is going to be gone next year. Hopefully how we can pull his magic like he has a couple of times. But I think when we play the Giants this week, Daniel Jones is going to be an absolute key piece to look at. We have shut down Saquon Barkley the last couple times we played him. Uh, but again, we did have to go out and pick up Ndamuk and Sue, Linval Joseph, just to make sure our run defense is going to be stout. Kaiser White has not looked great the last couple weeks. Uh, Nicobe Dean is not really playing. Yes, CJ Gardner-Johnson is back. What I would like to see is on a couple of these plays, when we, when we split out into nickel, put CJ on, on the slot. Take Reed Blankenship, who is an undrafted free agent and has actually played decently well in that free safety spot. Put him back there. Put Marcus Epps, who's also been pretty decent for being a no-name. Put him back there and just take our chances. I'd much rather play that way um, and actually just kind of cover that line. And I, I'm not trying to hate, but we can play a lot better defensively than what the Vikings just showed. And no I think the scheme of what we just watched is basically the version of like how not to play the Giants. Because mm -hmm. it's not to say they, the Giants are going to show their full hand in that game. They weren't expected to win, so you know they had to show something to make sure that was done. Daniel Jones, a significantly sick Statue of Liberty play that I haven't seen in a very long time. I so I want to uh, technically that's not the Statue of Liberty, but it was yeah, it very very close. No, Statue of Liberty is over over the back of your shoulder. That's why it's Statue of Liberty. Yeah, but you but it no, was no, but you fake it and go behind. Am I wrong? No, so you drop back for the pass, and as you go backwards, you let it go. Either way, it was still a very it's, cool play. It was super sick. It was a very cool I, I'm play. I'm not going to say it wasn't. I'm going to be very humble because if we do lose to the Giants, great for them. 
The one thing that is cool is three of the four teams that are in the uh, the NFC divisional round are all NFC East teams. A couple of years ago, we were the NFC South and the NFC least. It is cool to see our division being good. However, I don't want to see any of those other teams win. So if we do all lose, go Niners. If not, screw the Niners. Go Birds. Look forward to playing the Bengals, Birds, or Bengals, Chiefs, or Bills. Bills. Yeah, it's good. It's going to be a good weekend, though. I definitely don't. You know, I I'm not. I I feel like I'm not worried about this game. I feel like the Eagles are totally going to take care of 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 the the Giants. First off, the the Vikings have the worst defense in the NFL. It is what it is. the The Eagles do not. Correct. Where where are they yeah. ranked? Are they top five? They're top five. Yeah, I just I cannot see the Giants winning this game. Who knows? It's it's NFL. Any given Sunday, any given Saturday, right? It's a, it's not a best of seven. It's a one game. So right. maybe they, you know, maybe that um that miracle speech happens. You know, they'll beat us nine out of times. Not not tonight. Not right? tonight. Maybe, but like I just don't see it happening. So go go Eagles. We'll see that work out, and uh, we'll be back next week to kind of recap this for you. Do you have anything else you want to add? I don't. Go Birds. Playoff time coming off a of bye. Jalen. I love you, brother. Pull this out. Our offensive line. Let's do it. Booby. Pull it out. Defense. Don't get beat by the Giants. Let's go. Screw the Giants. Go Birds. We're out of here. I like it. Vikings. Vikings fans. Free agency starts on March 18th, I believe. Don't quote me on that. And then the draft is in April. We'll see you then. All right. We'll talk to you guys next week on 4th and 3. Peace. Yeah. On fourth and three.